If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Bubbling Adventure, a podcast all about kids and how educating them positively can impact their entire life as well as society. Each week, we're having conversations with guests on different themes And our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view, and learn in a non-judgmental way. Today, we are welcoming Heidi, who will share her view on what to tell your kids about 2020. And I really loved her ideas and how she communicates with her kids. But without further ado, let's begin. Papa, papa, en faisant cette chanson. Maman, papa, maman, papa. Hello, Heidi. How are you today? I'm good, thank you, Julie. How are you? Good, thanks. Thank you so much for joining. I'm very excited about this episode. I'm excited too. I, I love talking about my daughter <laughs> and how I parent her. That's perfect then. <laughs> okay, so would you mind just introducing yourself to the audience? Yep, sure. So I'm Heidi. I have an 11-year-old daughter, soon to be, well, she's going to be 12 in January, just finished her junior school journey about to embark on being in senior school, which feels very strange to me. Um, I am a, I work full-time within the tech industry, uh, love balancing being a full-time working mom as well as all the other commitments and fun things I like to do. I'm also a stepmom to a 19-year-old and an eight-year-old. They're both boys so that's a very different dynamic to having a daughter and understanding um, what it takes to bring up boys and parent boys. You have to change things in a very different way when dealing with boys. So mm -hmm. yeah we have a 
really nice blended family um, I also have an elder stepdaughter who is 21 so again it's learning how do you deal with an elder child and a younger child so yeah it's it's a really nice challenge to have actually learning about sort of parenting your your actual child and then any stepchildren that you have in, in the dynamic as well yeah that must be very interesting and you must be very busy between your work and also taking care of the kids yeah 100% and I, I, I feel like I, I see my parenting goes beyond my four walls it's not just about what do I do at home to help my children it's about what do I do how involved do I become within their schools within the clubs that they want to do activating their interests so to make them the main thing for me is it's about education of children but it's not just about being book smart it's about being worldly you know and and having an awareness of where you fit in that world it's not just about the academics it's about having those well-rounded individuals so for me I always expand my parenting outside my four walls which makes me even busier but for me I will hopefully end up with very well-rounded children out of it right that's very impressive <laughs> and so how do you get involved like what do you do you know to do it a bit more so for when I think about things that I do for my daughter I whatever school she goes to actually she changed schools in September last year to do her final year of junior school at a new school so but in the two schools that she has attended because she started school uh, in a preparatory school from when she was just over two um, so I always become a part of the parent committee so I always become part of the parent council so I really understand the workings of the school what's going on because for me it really helps you to understand what could be coming up the environment your child is in uh, I also become a part of any of the charities that help raise money for the school um, so I get really heavily involved in the school community one of the things that my parents always taught me is that when a uh, school sees that you are invested into your child their journey in the school itself your child has a much more rewarding experience at school and that has it's definitely proved to be the case both for myself my brother and now um, my daughter in particular my daughter is heavily into netball she'd like to be a professional netballer one day so I am very encouraging with her we're often outside playing netball together in the garden I get involved with her netball clubs where I can help raise money do any volunteering work for them um, I also have a passion for netball that I ignited a couple of years ago so I will also so she sees that you know actually this is something we can do together um, so I always just try to do those things her school recently off of recent global events in 2020 around George Floyd her school has started a diversity and equalities commission so I have joined that so I can really understand the dynamic and the world and what her school is going to do to uh, address um, and have better awareness amongst their teaching staff and their pupils because I think it really does start from a young age and and the experiences you have from a young age so yeah I just really just try to get involved as much as possible so I can understand what things are going to impact her day-to-day -day. and then I then know how I can then communicate and talk to her about those things if I have a little bit of insight myself. That's amazing it sounds like yeah you're very busy but it's so interesting I think and so why was it important for you to talk about 2020 with your kids because you mentioned obviously the school is also trying to put some work in like educating the kids but why are you also doing it on the site? 
Yeah, well, I think 2020 and, you know, for anybody who has been on any form of COVID webinars, or COVID, I think the term is unprecedented times. This 2020 has been a year unlike no other for so many reasons, actually. So I think for me, it's been really important even more so to stay very closely tuned to the children and what they're going through, because they're going through things that we have never experienced as and, and all of us are actually so I think it's important that for me mental health and mental well-being is key so actually it's been my level of involvement or understanding or just pausing taking that time to stop and think which is what I think 2020 has given us all has been even more crucial because 2020 has just been a, a strange year and a, a lot has happened a lot of changes in the world and and I would always say they're not all negative there's been some lots of positive things I think there's lots of families reconnecting actually children being at home with their parents I remember uh, reading something at the beginning of the pandemic around um, you know children are eating less takeaways they're with their they're with their families more parents are actually parenting their children and as I read it I was like you're assuming we didn't do it before we did but you know um I think there are lots of positive and one of the things that I think about 2020 that I've noticed is we've all become a little bit more humane we've slowed down so when you ask somebody how are you you actually genuinely are asking them how are you and waiting for a response whereas before (laughs) you'd say how are you yes well anyway I need to get to this report or get to this document so I feel like we've all remembered we're humans and not machines (laughs) Yeah, definitely a positive uh, thing. But obviously, did you feel your kids were feeling stressed out or or like feeling their parents' stress? Did they feel the need to talk about COVID and the virus? Yeah, so in our house in particular, actually, it was a very, it was a slightly different dynamic. And for me, just in our house particular and everything I mentioned, I'm going to not I'm relating just to our home because every home is different and every child is different. Um, In our home, um, it showed in two different ways between the boys and the girls in our home, actually. And and for me, um, Amber joined her school in February, uh, in September, sorry. In February, unfortunately, one of her school friends died um, unexpectedly. So we had that dynamic of 2020 to understand, uh, you know, speaking to an 11-year-old around um mortality of losing someone your own age at that age was you know really trying to get her to understand that and and work her through that and then soon after that we then had covid so for my daughter in particular um it was very much she was very much aware of covid but it brought her a little bit of anxiety because her her thinking of mortality had been heightened because she just lost a friend as well so had to handle it very differently with her but she's very mature very logical very methodical in her thinking you can and I I have always had very I've always spoken to her not like she's an adult but I didn't do baby talk I've always encouraged her to ask why if she's not sure on something had that very open relationship that we could sort of talk about anything and everything and we talk a lot about our feelings which I think is really important so for her we definitely had to be sort of very understanding and go into a lot of detail around COVID what it meant what changes in the world her school was great though because they came up with lots of mini projects and they they always had like a a, when they set their homeschooling they had their well-being page as well and they had well-being tasks that they had to do and they did a well-being week and a day where the children literally sat on zoom calls just talking or coloring together or you know so getting that balance was really right um Mm -hmm. for the boys it didn't appear to be 
um, as a parent, but how it showed in the boys, for example, was in homeschooling. <laughs> so I think about my eight-year-old stepson in particular, you know, he'd wake up and he'd be completely bright and happy in his day. And then the second you'd mention, okay, now we have to do schoolwork, he'd be like, oh, Oh no, like it just becomes like the worst day. Yeah. And then just his whole demeanor, his whole response. And he struggled a little bit more with homeschooling um, because he also felt like he was doing more at home than at school. My daughter had a similar experience, mm. but she sort of adapted more. But I don't know if that's an age thing. I don't know if it's a girl boy thing. It's just something that we noticed in our home specifically. Mm-hmm. So it was, we had to take very different approaches with the, uh, my 19 year old stepson, we had to sort of handle the whole COVID pandemic from an understanding of you now cannot be as free. Like you've, you, ha- you have had freedom. You understand what it is to be able to go there and be out and about and do your own thing and you know go meet your friends. And now that world is going to change because now you have to be at home and dealing with the challenges around, you know, having a 19 year old that has their freedom taken away, but not quite being a full adult to under- be a very understanding to it. <laughs> <laughs> yes another challenge for sure <laughs> yeah I mean and there were lots of positives uh, I, I speak to the challenges around COVID but then as a family we spent a lot of time like we implemented things like weekly family meetings just to sort of because we were all in the same house at the same time it was you know what went well last week what things do we want to achieve in the coming week um mm. different ones of us hosted the meeting different ones you know different members of the family made snacks for the meeting I really like time- that yeah yeah and and actually the children really liked it it was surprisingly enough I overheard my daughter in one of her zoom um form calls when her teacher said no what's been the best bit of your week this week and she's like oh my mum's introduced family meetings and then what we did was because we we were very aware and conscious that all of a sudden we were gonna we're in the same house together locked in for that same amount of time with lots of feelings and emotions we also did um part of that family meeting it sounds a little bit silly but actually it worked we did kind of did a a recognition what did you really appreciate and everybody in the family had to recognize somebody else in the family for something that they had done um for either the family or the individual that the person really appreciated and to call that out because we sort of felt like everything that the children or we were seeing was you know the rise in the numbers and you know freedoms being taken away it was all a lot of negative messaging coming in and obviously any negative feelings you would have inside how do you then flip that and start thinking about actually what positives have come out of it and we used our family meetings to really enhance that and have conversations about that and show the people in the house that yes we may get irritated and we might find it frustrating because now you know work school fun eat everything is within the four walls of your home actually there are lots of there is a lot of appreciation that can come out of that too yes and so you also like took that time to get closer to the family and just also probably remind them that they can come to you whenever they have any doubt or questions or the communication is open yeah definitely 100 percent. and it's one of the things i would always say 2020 has definitely made that even more of a focus is that open communication and 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 at times I would sit down and communicate to the children and especially my daughter because she and I will have lots of of one-to-one questions um and time to say to her that sometimes mummy's not okay mummy's struggling too because one of the things that I've always found it really important um is to not teach the children that they need to be happy all the time as humans we have a whole 
source of emotions and we need to learn to embrace them all we will get angry we will be sad we'll get frustrated we are not always happy and i've always encouraged the children and especially my daughter to embrace the fact that you are not always going to be happy to be able to own it communicate it and work out what you want to do about it so you know sometimes i would let because it teaches them that they're only human i don't want her to think i always have to be happy and if i show her that mummy is always happy she's going to think I always need to be happy. So I'm very much the, you know, sometimes we'd have a conversation. I'd be like, oh, mummy's having a tough day today. You know, mummy has worked nonstop and, you know, homeschooling wasn't easy for me either, just so that she can understand that we as adults have challenges too and that the world isn't all rosy and wonderful. Um, And you do have to, it's a very fine line between not, traumatizing them but making them have their eyes very wide open I'm I'm always want the children to grow up with the fact that we don't live in a perfect world there are lots of great things about it but it's not perfect so then when they come into those situations where they face something that isn't perfect they they have a coping mechanism they know what they they know it's not it doesn't hit them out of nowhere like oh my gosh but I thought everything was wonderful Exactly. And also remind them that they're not the only ones feeling that way, that they're not bad people for feeling frustrated or anything, that it's normal and will do. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things I did always encourage the children, so my daughter being a a little bit older than my youngest stepson, she had a mobile phone. I'd always say to her, you know, check in on your friends, have a video call, have that downtime, do a joint video call, remember to, you know, make sure everybody's doing okay. Or, I mean, they were obviously dealing with the loss of a friend as well as COVID and the change of dynamics too. So, you know, just just do that check-in time. And and then with my youngest stepson, he'd always be on his um, Nintendo Switch. And like when you're playing, go reach out, play your games with your friends and have that that interaction. And, you know, so for me, it's uh, that communication, that reaching out. And also for me, it was just reminding them that yes we are all stuck within these four walls but we do have a support network friends family teachers you know coaches everything outside of that us that are going through what we're going through too we're not it, this isn't just us yeah very interesting and do you have some kind of preparation before you go and tell them about a subject where like if it's covid or black lives matter do you kind of prep before you talk about it or is it them who come to you and ask questions and you just have a conversation it can be either or (laughs) in our house it's a real mix there's some things that I really want to drive um, in in our homes there's some things that I want to make sure and bring to the forefront around Black Lives Matter I want to make sure that the children have an awareness um, of how they may be seen in the world um, but what they can do about that and how they can actually use it to empower themselves and find a solution and make them aware of the problem. But what do you do as a solution rather than staying in that moment of the problem? I'm very much on the recognize the problem exists, but then drive for a, a solution. And it doesn't have to be a you only solution. It can be like with your friends or a group or, you know, um, just kind of turn your outlook. And my daughter said to me the other day, Mummy, they do always say every cloud have a silver lining, even a flounder cloud has a silver lining. And I sort of sat back and I felt, I kind of grinned. And she's like, why are you smiling? I said, because I'm really glad that you understand that there is, there is that thunder cloud, but then how do you kind of 
have that flip it thinking to look for that silver lining, that positive outcome. So that was great. So there is, there is some prep time depending on what it is. So it might be, you know, I sit and talk to my partner and we have conversations and decide, okay, well, this is really sensitive or something happened today. And do we want to talk to the children about it? How do we want to talk about it? Do we want to, is there a podcast? Is there, um, you know, some form of Instagram live? Is there some form of external thing that we want to bring up the topic? Has it come from the books the children read? And I remember my daughter was reading the book um, and she came to me and she's like, mommy, is the use of the word Negro negative? and you know and having that conversation so it could it can come from both directions and and it can take prep and sometimes when they do ask a question when they bring it I don't always address it there and then as well sometimes I do and sometimes I say okay we will come back to that one and remind mummy to come back to it because if it's something that I feel requires prep and it's you know they've asked but I think I need to do a little bit of prep or think of how I'm going to message it I will say actually that's quite complicated or mummy needs to think about how we have this conversation but then one of the things I do is I always make sure I go back and have that conversation okay the children in our house make sure we do too so if my daughter asks something being of her age group they started to discuss in in science and you know uh sex and how you make babies and she asked some questions and I was a little bit like hmm not sure I want to hand that up we will have this conversation but not give me give mommy a minute and if the next day I have mommy remember I asked you a question the following day remember I asked you a question so, okay yep I get it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you you always try so if, if you're not sure you try to educate yourself first and think of the best words to use because I think there's always a thin line between educating and traumatizing when it's about sensitive subjects don't be afraid to say I don't know I think a hundred percent I sometimes uh, and it happened in the world of homeschooling I'm sure lots of parents who are homeschooling like me would feel exactly the same way sometimes you looked at some of the homework and the questions and I would be like I actually don't know the answer to this one let's call your uncle who is a real mathematician or let's speak to your you know my partner her, her stepdad he's a real he's really great at maths I'm stronger in English you know it I just there'll be you know I'm very comfortable actually both in work and at home to say I don't know but I'll go and find out or let's go and find out together so some of the things I'd say okay well let's go let's do some internet search couldn't go to the library let's have a look and let's work together on some of it which has been great um so yeah I always say to her I'm I don't know everything but I do say to her I see everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah and also you don't know but what do you do about it yeah and get the info you don't just say oh i i don't know that's a good example i think also you can set for them yes yeah yeah and and for me that comes back to that you know when the children go through that why stage not stopping them encouraging them to ask why and i am very sure that as they grow to be teenagers especially my daughter i can see it already that it's going to be challenging when she is a teenager the why i might ask her to do something it'll be why does it need to be done like that or she'll give me her opinion but I encourage her to have that opinion and for all the children in our house I encourage them to have an opinion I'm not either I don't come from the school of thought that children should be seen and not heard they are humans they have feelings I have introduced a concept of and I and I had to do this for my daughter because she pushed back quite a bit a very strong determined young lady so she pushed back quite a bit on but I think it should be done like this and it, it this is my opinion and I've had to say to it sometimes there are times when you just have to do what I say 
and we'll give it a name so that you know that there is no back and forth at that time. By and large, mummy will allow you to have that back and forth, but there will be occasions where we'll say whatever this, you know, special word is that you know you just have to do it. And it might be just because mummy doesn't have time. It might just be because it's a safety thing, you know, that you just need to do as I say rather than question me. And then where you can, I will allow us to have that conversation because more importantly, I want her to grow. And I focus a lot on my daughter, obviously I've spent more time with her, but then it actually extends out into the stepchildren. My stepchildren, I want them to grow where they're inquisitive and they always ask why and they feel like their opinion matters I always introduce the concept of not just being the voice in the room but being a heard voice in the room Mm -hmm. so you know listening to um, hear not always to speak so make sure you're observing the room listening to people in the room and then when you do speak you speak clearly you speak well you thought out what you're going to do what you're going to say so people in the room want to listen to what you're saying so be heard not just someone in the room that just talks for the sake of it and I want them to be able to challenge in a healthy way when someone says they can't do something like they can't be told my daughter may be told you can't do that because girls don't do that well why don't they it's something I want to do why can't I do it I I want them to continue to have that and I recognize that through the teenage years it's going to be a struggle because they're going to push back but then as adults they will learn to fine-tune it and know when and where to use it Mm -hmm. when to speak up yeah a hundred percent that's very interesting I really like that (laughs) and so do you have any advice that you would like to share Yeah, I would always say, and this is going to sound really, I don't want it to be cliche, but it it really depends on your child and and everybody knows their child and they know what works best for their child. Some children, you can be sort of much more direct, but I always have a thing as I go with my gut. It's one of the things that not just with the children in general, I feel like my gut very rarely steers me wrong, steers me wrong. Um, And I think just know there are times you're going to get it wrong. You're not always going to get it right. Um, I think we strive to as parents think you know we are always going to get and I know as a parent I can be quite hard on myself Um, there are going to be times that you get it wrong and in those instances where I do get it wrong or I've made an error I I am actually that parent that will apologize to my child and say I'm really sorry I got that wrong because actually it teaches them that humility of you're not always going to get things right you're not going to be perfect you are going to get things wrong but again it's what you do about when you've done something wrong what do you do about it how do you make the other person feel so you know if I've homeschooling with my daughter there was an instance where she was doing a piece of work and I asked her to change it and she said mummy is what I've done not good enough and I realized that as much as I know I can be a perfectionist I realized that actually what I thought I was doing was encouraging her to just add a little bit extra but actually for her what she would the message she was getting was what I've done is not good enough mm-hmm. and I sort of had to look at it from 11 years and I realized actually do you know what that's not the feeling I wanted her to have I apologize my daughter loved flowers I actually went and bought her a bunch of flowers just to say I'm, I'm really sorry I got it wrong and to another parent that may seem really extreme but what I'm trying to teach my daughter is is that you're not always going to get it right. But when you do get it wrong, it's what you do about it. Exactly. I really like that because it's not about, oh, I'm the parent. You do what I say. It's also like you're allowed to make mistakes, but what do you do about it? You apologize. Uh, yes. Try to make it better. Yeah, totally. Uh, and for me, that's one of the, the, you know, the advice I would say is, you know, 
go with your gut and you know recognize as a parent we we will get it wrong um but what you are teaching your child in that is that actually they're never they're not always going to get things right and i think for them then as they grow they become a bit more comfortable with themselves being able to go and make choices i always refer to choices rather than decisions because decisions sound so final that they will make choices and those choices may not always be the right one but you know actually there isn't I, I always also teach children about you either win or you learn so actually what can you learn from that and what can you do differently mm -hmm. and they will know also how to rectify and identify when probably it's a mistake and they know how to actually react yeah, yeah. And, and and that concept of trying to make it better and recognizing and for me it's being mindful of other people you know and, and mindful how your actions can impact somebody else and then if you, you know if you have upset somebody to address it as well have a conversation with the person that I encourage the children all the time and I even encourage them to have me I say to the children all the time if I've upset you tell me I've upset you let's have that conversation and It might be that I've upset you because I've told you you have to do your homework and it is what it is because you have to do your homework and I can't change that. But if I've upset you, you can tell me, don't shout at me though, <laughs> don't be rude, but communicate to me that you are upset. And if I've upset you, communicate to me why I've upset you and then we can have a conversation about it. So I would just say, you know, go with your car, go with the child, go with how you're feeling and just always try to talk. And know when not to talk though, because sometimes it is time just to say, let's just pause on this and come back to it with a clearer head or you know with more information yes i really like that one that's that's great well thank you so much heidi it was very interesting i really enjoyed this conversation thank you again for joining no thank you for asking me i i hope it will be useful definitely thank you so much thank you thank you so much for listening Feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know. If you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to give it a rating and subscribe if you haven't already. That's it for me. See you soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, have a lovely day. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.